eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. Recording live at the Smoke and Fire Social Eatery in Paramount, California. This show is also brought to you by Opie City Entertainment. Hey, we haven't gotten a cease and desist order yet, so we're still rocking and rolling here on the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. And now, your host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sumner. Hey, this is Myron. You are back here listening to episode seven of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, the on the fringe, underground, dive bar style podcast of the Seattle Mariners fan base. Listen, we're, we're really happy with the, with, with the feedback we're getting here on the first six episodes that we had. Episode seven, we are lucky enough to be recording live on location again tonight we're at the smoke and fire social eatery in paramount california with one of the proprietors of the smoke and fire social eatery tommy stockberger what's up tommy oh man what's up myron it's a huge fan of the show first of all (laughs) happy more than happy to be a guest on here and thanks for coming out man checking the spot out and Enjoying some of the food, man. Yes, yes. And we're down here in Paramount, California. You also have some other locations for this? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> right now, currently as it stands, we have uh, three smoking fires. Uh, our flagship is going to be in La Habra. Uh, mm-hmm. then we opened up Paramount in Pomona. And then uh, we currently have two of our, uh, our craft restaurants. Uh, it's a little bit more upscale. We do like tomahawk steaks, smoked platters, things like that. Uh, again, all of our meat is 100% halal, so... Uh, best quality meat you can possibly get. Uh, so the, the the two craft restaurants are looking at Anaheim and Arcadia, and then actually this Friday we'll be coming out to Riverside and be opening up a uh, smoking fire in Riverside. Ooh, the IE literally like two weeks after. Oh wow, wow! How and of course I got Hannah up in Edmonds. He's probably drooling right now hearing this, wishing he was down here. How about that, Hannah? 
Oh, yeah, I sure am. I mean, those pictures you sent me, unbelievable. I can't wait to come down and see you and see that place. Yeah, and listen, I here's a, here's a little, uh, you know, exclusive information about me. I did not eat for 23 hours because I knew I was coming here. I knew I was not getting to the gym today, and it was worth it. It was worth, you know some of my you know mental breakdowns i was having and getting hangry and the road rage and everything it is worth it and to you know those people i talked to today if you're listening i'm sorry that's 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 why i was being that way uh so yeah we're going to be uh you know chopping it up doing some uh, baseball stories talking about some stuff uh you know how we kind of know each other obviously some mariner stories but first, like we always do here on the Rye Bread Mustard Podcast, we like to do, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes of, you know, current events of the Mariners. The Mariners are just wrapping up a road trip where they went two and seven. Um, and most recently coming off of a three-game sweep of the Houston, the hated Houston Astros. I think the only good thing that happened for the Mariners this, uh, you know, on this three-game sweep was when um, somehow, some way, Jose Altuve foul-balled a ball into his nuts, and he had to leave the game later, right, Hanson? But I think that's about the only good thing that happened that the Mariners fan base might enjoy. What are your thoughts on this, on, on the road trip, Hanno, and the three-game series we just sat through? Well, I mean, this last three games was rough. I mean... I can't get those nine hours or so back in my life. The only thing <laughs> you can really talk about this series was a two-run homer by Eugenio Suarez, and that's it. And, I mean, that's the only two runs we scored in game three in the seventh inning. Yeah. It was rough. And I don't want to hear this shit all the time. They're like, yeah, but they're squaring up the ball. They're hitting it hard. It's like still there's other things in baseball you can do, don't you think, Tommy? Uh, the number one rule in baseball, runs will always win games. There, yeah, it's, it's right there. It's right there in the rule book. I think probably rule number one or two, the team with that scores runs probably has a good idea, exactly. a good chance of winning. Hanson, any, uh, any other thoughts on this series? No, not too much. I mean, like I said, that's about it offensively. I mean, I thought the pitching was so-so, wasn't terrible, you know, no, for a couple all. of the games. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, not much to say. Let's just get back to T-Mobile and uh, start a new streak, you know. Yeah, and uh, the one thing I do want to say about the Mariners not hitting, they got a, the Mariners organization's got to knock it off with this electric factory uh, label thing. <laughs> what is, do you know what this electric, is it the electric factory because they, their offense was good for two weeks? Is that how they got I mean, the nickname? Yeah, it, it's definitely a PR slogan by the Mariners, and right now it does not fit their team. Yeah, I think my girlfriend said she thinks the uh, Copacino uh, group should be back doing their marketing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> so. I think it's almost down to one of those things where, like, uh, you know when a guy's out there for, like, seven innings, and you're like, hey, you go to your buddy, hey, he's throwing a no-hitter. Very next inning, guy gets a hit. Yeah, exactly. We get this cool nickname. Very next series, we get swept. <laughs> there you go, and nobody hits. Um, one good, uh, one good thing uh, that we're hearing is Kyle Lewis is going to be coming back. 
here shortly, you know, barring another setback, which we all hope doesn't happen. What have you heard about Kyle Lewis, uh, Hannah? I heard that uh, he just started his rehab in Tacoma. It started yesterday um, or two days ago, depending on what time you're listening. And uh, he started off with his first bat with a home run. So, you know, typical Mariners, it'll get us really excited and hopefully he continues to stay healthy. But that's a good sign, you know? Yeah, that is a good sign. And one other thing is when Kyle Lewis comes back and Hanniger, Hanniger comes back, it's going to be a crowded outfield. Who are you sending down right now? if they were to walk back in that locker room today. Oh, you mean if we have Hanager and Kyle Lewis healthy? Yeah. So Julio showed us that he belongs there. Kelnick has struggled uh, with the bat. He's looked good defensively. He's only really had a little stretch of a good run, which was last year in September. But he hasn't shown that he can hit major league pitching he hasn't shown that he can consistently hit major league pitching yet. No, yeah, he has not. He's, you know, going back to last year, he has quite a few at bats. So we're kind of seeing what's going on. He definitely could use some work, but I also do think, you know, who else are we going to have out there as an outfield, you know, go to right now? He's playing some of the best outfield playing in right field. Yeah. I mean, even through his struggles, he's got to play. Um, we, it's just the way the Mariners roster is, you know, he, I mean, you could put Dylan Moore out there, but as far as defensively, he's below average. Um, they haven't given him much of a shot at the plate with his playing time, but it's, it's kind of his to sink or swim right now while guys are banged up. Yeah, it is. And we got, you know, another tough customer coming into town. Luckily, the games are going to be up in Seattle. I think they definitely feed off that energy. We got Tampa Bay coming in for four. We got the start of our rotation with Ray starting off this thing. I do think this could be a bounce back. I want to see at least a split against them. I'm looking for three games. Yeah. I mean, this stretch is going to be brutal. I mean, I've told you before, watch out for me. It's going to be tough. You know, after Tampa, we have Philadelphia, then the New York Mets, which are in first place, followed by the um, Toronto Blue Jays, then the um, Boston Red Sox. So yeah, and then they come back, come back home. They get, you know, get whatever surprise the Oakland A's are playing with this year, (laughs) and and then and then Houston's in here. So yeah, there's a tough two to three week stretch coming up. You know, you want to just be above or around 500 at that after that and not too far back. But, you know, Anaheim's doing their thing. Houston's going to be Houston. This is a very early critical time for the Mariners this season. And, uh, you know, there isn't a lot to, good to say about this 2-7 and seven road trip. What do you guys say we take a break and get into some fun storytelling time? Loosen up, 
Tommy, you grew up playing baseball, loving baseball. Tell us about how, uh, like, how'd you how'd you get into the Mariners? Because you grew up down here in Southern California. Yeah, I grew up uh, playing ball in Southern California, um, and then talking with you before, I didn't I didn't even think about how playing ball in Southern California. We're so fortunate because we can play year round. Yeah, uh, like we had, uh, you know, you had uh, the season, you had high school, then you get into like American Legion, and then you have like Mary Star and Babe Ruth League and Mickey Mantle League and AAU and. So we're constantly playing year-round because the weather's so great out here. And, uh, man, I, I, I played football and baseball, but I loved baseball. Uh, football I played because I was big, strong, and Samoan. Baseball oh. I played because I loved the sport. Uh, and I remember uh, how I got into the Mariners. I was, uh, my family would go to uh, uh, Angel Mariner game every year. It always landed on 4th of July. The Mariners would be in town. And, uh, you know, as a young kid, I was probably like eight or nine. Like, you, don't, you really don't have allegiances. Like, you know, my family were Dodger fans and Angel fans. And I was like, yeah, I'm still kind of up in the air. And I remember going to uh, batting practice and uh, watching King Griffey Jr. take batting practice. And I never realized how large that guy was. Yeah, the guy's, six three. The guy's legs, I mean, looked like tree stumps. So, like, to me, he became the epitome of what a baseball player is, man. Like, and watching that guy take batting practice, and he just made it look so cool, man. Hat on backwards taking daddy hacks out into the right field uh, bleachers man it just it blew me away man then he came over like high-fiving everybody and signing autographs and i mean i was nine years old man i froze and I, I didn't know what to, that became my first idol you know damn he acted a lot different on the road right hannah than he would at the kingdom he was pretty elusive yeah right? I, I, i'm pretty jealous i've never seen him sign autographs in the stadium <laughs> like that i'm like going come on dude that you're so lucky that's cool yeah, so did, were you around when Ken Griffey Sr. was – did you go to those Angel games when 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 they were doing, like, back-to-back? And I, I, I didn't – I don't remember catching a game with Sr. I, I remember catching the games with Sr. or with Junior, and then uh, that's when I made the move. I was like, hey, I'm going to be a Mariners fan. And everyone's like, oh, why are you a Mariners fan? I'm like and, – and to me, that was back in the heyday, man. That was the, the Randy Johnson, the Alex Rodriguez, the Alex Cora. Uh, I mean, those guys were legends back then, man. Yeah, the refuse-to-lose crew. Um, but – so – you have a weird tie, like a third, like, what do you call that? Like a, what's the word I'm looking for, guys, where you're, it's like a degree of separation from oh, Ken Griffey uh, Sr. I seven gotta, degrees of separation. Yes. Tell us this, 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 uh, degrees of separation. You're, you'll love this one, Hannah. Yeah. So, uh, I bowl. I'm a bowler. I bowled my entire life, uh, super competitively. Left-hander? I'm lefty. Mm-hmm. I do everything left-handed except uh, shoot pool and fish. Don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, I'm hanging out over at uh, Fountain Bowl in OC, and it's uh, owned by uh, this guy named Barry Asher. Uh, anybody in the bowling world knows who Barry Asher is. Mm-hmm. The guy's a, a Hall of Famer, legend. And uh, I'm hanging out, and I have my Mariners hat on, and I'm hanging out in the pro shop, and he goes, hey, man, you're a Mariners fan? And I go, yeah, man, I'm a huge Mariners fan. He goes, ah, oh, man, I got some things you, you'd want to check out then, man. He uh, pulls out his phone, and he shows me a picture of uh, junior and senior at, uh, when he got into the Hall of Fame. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, oh, you just Googled it. Like, oh, cool, man. And then he shows me, and it was sent from Senior. And I go, wait a minute, do you know, do you know the Griffey family? And he goes, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're really good friends. And still, at this point, like, to me, Griffey was, uh, is the epitome, the, the best baseball player I've ever watched play ball. And so I'm, I'm still not believing him. And then all of a sudden, he starts pulling out and showing me pictures, and it's him at the Griffey house. He installed two bowling lanes in a Junior's house out in Seattle, and it, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen because wow. the backdrop, the masking, it had all the iconic pictures. There was two lanes and all the iconic pictures, like his swing, uh, him scaling the fence, uh, just a picture of him smiling. And uh, it was, uh, imagine like a uh, lucky strike, but it was all King Griffey Jr. Mariner themed. 
That sounds like a dream. Oh, man, it was unreal. Like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Now, it's funny you bring that up, but uh, I have a distant relative, my great uncle, and um, he, we happened, we weren't that close, but um, we happened to go over and do a family Thanksgiving over there, and he lives in Issaquah, and he knew I was a big baseball fan, and he goes, you know who lives down the road? And I was like, no, who? He's like, Jay Buhner. I was like, oh, so cool, you know? A young kid at that age, and then he said, "But his neighbor is Kingerfree Junior." So he actually <laughs> drove me. He actually drove me down the road. You know, it's kind of weird, you know. But it, he obviously he knew Jay Buner because Jay Buner would stop and talk to him. He had a big shop. Jay Buner was kind of into that woodworking and stuff, I guess. But uh, so I got to see where he lived. You know, so that was pretty cool, as you would imagine, a big house, uh, a, like a playscape for his kids, like the twice twice the size of like a mcdonald's or something like that you know and uh it's just funny how this all uh kind of works itself together with uh tommy's story and then me you know yeah and i don't really have a griffey story except for the jersey that i someday would love to locate on this world and have him sign it and know and know the trouble i went through to 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 get this jersey signed by him i'll tell you though man that that story I was sitting in my car listening to your guys' uh, podcast, and uh, I pulled up to my driveway, and there's about, like, 20 minutes left. And I, I just hang out in the car and listen to the rest of it. Damn, you told thank that, you. You told that story. And uh, you know when people talk about laughing out loud by yourself? I was hysterically cracking up in my car <laughs> by myself looking like a lunatic, man. It, it's, it's literally one of, my, one of my favorite stories I've ever heard, man. And I believe that's on episode one. So if you want to go back, <laughs> so I'm going to segue in here, guys. If you want to go back and check out some of the chapters, you can actually go to our website. That's through the Buzzsprout uh, platform. It's Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast at buzz, uh, buzzsprout.com. Uh, you also can go on your apps and just scroll back down. It's in episode one, I believe, Chris. Yeah, that's, I think, right after the spring training episode. If it's not, it's in two. If you don't find it in two, look in three. If you don't hear about it in three, look in four. Check out five. Check out six. Maybe it's in this episode and you don't even know. Either way, just a reminder to like, subscribe, listen to them, message us. We love this show to be interactive, so we love all the any messages and questions, concerns, gripes. Get them to us here at the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. And again, we're here live, almost live. At the Smoke and Fire Social Eatery in Paramount, California. So, as far as this establishment right here, what are some of the uh, who's comes in here? Like any any good stories? Oh uh, man, uh, it's kind of cool. So when we first opened up, uh, we opened up our La Habra location, and then we opened up uh, here in Paramount, and uh, we had uh, one of the best stories we've had so far. So we've been on a couple shows. We've been on uh, Food Paradise on. Uh, the Food Network, mm-hmm. and then we were on uh, Ultimate Cheat Meal. Oh, and then uh, so the word started getting around with us. Um, what's his name? Mario Lopez seen a, a Instagram picture of our Mac ribs and AC Slater, AC himself, man. Bayside High, shout out to uh, Zach Morris. Uh, so yeah, he uh, he seen a picture of it, and uh, we ended up <laughs> driving down some food for uh, Access Hollywood. And they did like this is during COVID, and they did like a little segment on us, and it was a uh, super cool man. Uh, they enjoyed the Mac rib. And then uh, after that... I mean, that sandwich, that mac rib is bigger uh, than Mario Lopez that dude, I just ate. That, that, that mac rib is uh, put down many of men, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's, it, it's one of those things, dude. It, it was so cool to, to see like, people out in Hollywood like, recognizing us. Uh, we had another one, probably one of the coolest ones we've had so far. 
is uh, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, he messaged us on our Instagram. The brow? The brow, man. The brow. And uh, it was so funny. So he uh, IMs us or DMs us and was like, hey, man, I want to come try it out. We're like, yeah, cool. Like, come down. And, oh, yeah, man, like, uh, I want to be able to, what time you got? Oh, yeah, we're open from 10 to 11. No idea who he was at this time. Uh, find out it's Anthony Davis. He wanted to come here to Paramount originally. And uh, he's like, we're like, hey, there's nowhere you can really, like, seclusively eat here. And like not be in the eye of the, the public. He wants to, you know, he's going with his family. So we ended up sending him out to La Habra. And it was cool, man. He went out there. He uh, he, he showed us some love and, and shot us some uh, IG shout outs. Oh wow. and uh, we're and gonna the, we're gonna do the same for you. Oh thank with you. With our twenty five our twenty five uh, followers. Hey, all all publicity is good publicity, <laughs> man. And uh, but yeah, it was really cool about that. And I think the strangest uh, uh, shout outs to like well, I don't know, I guess you would call it, like we have like Instagram famous now. Like we have a Hollywood famous, and then now you have Instagram famous. Yeah, yes. And uh, have you have you seen that guy? His name's uh, Long Neck. No, I'm gonna oh have to look this God. guy. Yeah, up. look him up on Long the, Neck. His name is Damn Long Neck. Damn Long Neck Damn on Long Instagram. Neck on Instagram. Okay. Man. And uh, it was so wild, man. He showed up wearing like a mink coat, and I'm like, who is this? I'm like, dude, that's the Long Neck guy from uh, Instagram. And uh, he showed up with his little posse, and it, it was real cool, man. They came in. Same thing, man. Uh, just wanted to try the food out. Came in, we got him a table. He sent us some shout outs. And that guy, I mean, literally has like, I think it's like four or five million followers, man. Just right Wow. Now. You were also telling me a, st- a Nate dog story. Like, I'm uh, a big Nate dog. I mean, everybody are, are, Chris, you love Nate dog, right? Oh, yeah. You know, Long Beach, you know, Long Beach, Compton, Paramount, Linwood, Carson. You know, Hawaiian Guard, all these, all these cities are really close together down here in the, uh, like, South Bay, Long Beach area. We're right here at the very end of L.A. County. Yeah. But Nate Dog is a legend down here. Um, tell him about, I mean, obviously your place was open after yeah. he passed, but tell me so, that story. Uh, so we opened up our Paramount location, and each location, we tried to do something a little bit different for the T-shirts. Uh, like when we opened up our very first one in La Habra, it was uh, Smashburger Bros, and uh, we won all the smoke, and uh, and then we came up with our Wu Tang shirt where it's cream on the back, chicken rules everything around me. <laughs> <laughs> A Wu Tang shirt, chick, chicken rules everything around. Chicken me. rules everything around me, man. Oh man, Wu Tang's for it. the children. Oh man. And then so when we came to Paramount, we know we wanted to switch it up a little bit and do something different. So uh, the first uh, shirt we ended up coming up with was our uh, our homage to uh, Blood In Blood Out. With the El Gallo Negro, with the 13 KOs, but it's a chicken uh, dressed up. Oh, wow. And then the uh, second one we came up with was uh, it's Nate Dog barbecuing, and then it says smoke meat every day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when, when we first opened up, uh, you know, we were just a bunch of buddies. Like, uh, it, it was a dream, man. We didn't know what we were going to do, and we didn't know how successful we were going to be. Like, you always think you're going to be huge, but then uh, to actually start gaining traction and, and start getting some notoriety, it, it was crazy. So we had our shirts, and then we jokingly were saying, like, what if one day, like, you know, Rizzo comes in here, or, like, somebody, somebody, right, from, right. one of these family members come in here and sees this shirt, and it's like, hey, dog, like, asking hey, dog, money well, at, yeah, you know? yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm sitting up in the, in the cash register, and, and this kid comes in, he looks super familiar, and I'm like, God, I can't put a name on your face, man, but I know you're somebody, the lady comes up behind and says, oh, my God, like, I really like this Nate Dog shirt, what made you use that image? And when she used the word image, it threw up a red flag. I was like, nobody, nobody uses the word image. image. Where did you get that like, image? Where, where, where are you getting that term from? So I said, uh, and I said, oh, you like our Nate Dog shirt? And she goes, yeah. She goes, actually, that kid in front of you that just came up here, uh, that's uh, Nate Dog's son. 
And I was like, really? He's oh, like, yeah, God. in hell. And I'm like, oh, man, I knew I knew him from somewhere. And she goes, yeah, that's my son. And I'm like, where's this going? Where yeah, is this going? Yeah. Now I just found out I'm talking to Nate Dog's baby mama, man. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. You're uh, you waiting for the rest of the dog pound to come yeah. in here? And, and she goes, uh, so what made you guys use that image? And I, and, and I look at her and I go, hey, man, I'm going to be completely honest. I said, uh, our, sh- our, our, our whole vibe here, if you look around, it's like everything that we grew up with, man. It's uh, the Sandlot, uh, Lucha Libre, Nacho yep. Libre. Ice Cube. Ice right Cube, there. you know. And, and so I, I told her, I said, man, I said, whenever we listen to Nate Dogg music, I said, it, 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 it does something to us, man. It takes us back to high school. It takes us back to college. There's something nostalgic about ever hearing a Nate Dogg hook, and I, I'm sure a lot of people can agree to that. You hear a Nate Dogg hook, and it's like, oh, man, I remember you know, playing that game out in the park, or I remember going to this concert and this and that. And I said, so we wanted to pay homage to somebody that inspired us as, as kids, man. Like, we were huge fans. And, and the best way you can pay homage to somebody is by always remembering them and, and, and using them. And that's an iconic line from the, from the, uh, the Chronic album, Smoke Weed Every Day. And so we wanted to use that as far as, as, as our line going into it, man. Smoke weed every day. There it is, man. It's, 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 a, cool, it's a cool image, hey, man. It's, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a positive thing. It's telling the kids, hey. Don't smoke weed every day. Eat meat every day. <laughs> you might get diabetes, but, you know, there's a better chance of... The lesser uh, of the two evils, man. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> so they let you keep it, or did they... Yeah, and, then, and then, so, when I, when I told her that, I said, man, it takes me back to high school, and it just, it, it's sentimental to me. And she almost teared up, and she, and she goes, that's a beautiful story. She said, I really appreciate it. She goes, um, he would be so proud of that, and this is what he always wanted. He always wanted to inspire future generations. And she goes, I'm so honored that you would, uh, you know, consider that as part of your guys' branding. And I was like, oh, thank you, you know. Like, I super appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, she was cool with that. Right here in this location. Yeah, right here. And, and wow. I told her, I said, do you want a shirt? <laughs> I was like, I can get you a shirt. I was like, here, I'll, I'll take care of one for you. She's like, no, it's okay, sweetie. Like, it, it's good. Yes. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Speaking of shirts, we gave you a oh, rye bread and mustard. Man. I showed up. I showed up correct. Dude, you did. I showed up with that rye bread and mustard. That, that thing's gonna get worn out, man. Yeah, it's, we got some more of those coming, and you're gonna be coming up to Seattle, right? I am. I'm saving. So that. Gonna I'm gonna have you. to save that shirt for Seattle, man. I'm gonna be out there for the uh, Ichiro Hall of Fame induction game. We're gonna be down there too, Hanno, right? For the Ichiro. Yeah, yeah, we are. All right, so, Tommy Ichiro, one of your guys. That's besides Griffey that you. Uh, Really enjoyed watching play. Oh, man. I think if you're a Mariners fan, like, you have to be an Ichiro fan, man. I mean, the guy, it, it, it's, the guy is like a, a mythological creature, man. Like, you look back at it, and he came into the league, what, in 2001? And uh, he was, what, 27? Mm-hmm. And, like, can you imagine the numbers that guy would have put up if he would have came in as, like, a 20-year-old or 21-year-old? And, uh, yeah, man, I remember uh, when he came into the league – I was heartbroken because that's right when we lost Randy Johnson. We just lost Griffey. And A-Rod. And A-Rod. And you're looking at that 2001 season like, this is going to be trash. Yeah, you're like, Brett Boone? Yeah, like, <laughs> who's Brett Boone? Paul Abbott? Who are these guys, man? <laughs> Ryan Franklin? Who, who's this Japanese kid you guys are bringing in over here? Like, it, it was like, 
it, it was it felt like the beginning of the end for the Mariners and then what ended up turning into the historically one of the best seasons that any baseball team in the world's ever seen, man. And the most heartbreaking one. Oh, and, and, the, oh, <laughs> and the most heartbreaking one, right? Here. It is brutal to win 117 games. And 116. 116. What is it? it? It don't mean nothing if you don't get that ring, man. Oh yeah. If you if you're not if you're not the last team to win a game at the end of the year, it doesn't matter. And it's even worse. When you have 116 games and you don't even get to the dance. Oh, yeah. It'd be different, like, you know, if the Braves, like last year, would they win 80-something? The Mariners won more games than them, yeah. and they get there and win. If they would have lost in the World Series, you'd be like, hey, that was a hell of a run good there. Good season. Good. That was a good – but, you know, we played the Yankees. They, they always had a brand-new team by the time we got to the playoffs. We'd beat the shit out of them all year. Yeah. We'd get there, and they'd be like, look, we're bringing Daryl Strawberry off the bench. We got David Justice. We got Canseco. We dug – fucking Babe Ruth out of the ground. He's playing now. DH, you know, it was just, it was nuts. Those were some heartbreaking times, right, Hanno? Oh, yeah. And about each girl's career, I loved everything about him. But the one thing that disappoints me the most is you've heard so much about each hitting home runs and batting practice and the show he puts on and everything. The one thing I wish I would have seen of each would have been for him to actually compete in the home run derby. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, they had said uh, all the all the coaches said if he was ever to enter, he'd win it. And there was a there was a cool line that Ichiro had said in an interview one time. He was all because uh, when they questioned him about this power he has, because in uh, in the Japanese league he was averaging like twenty five home runs a year. And then when they asked him about it, he was like, "Yeah, man." He goes, "I could hit forty home runs a season, but I'd be batting two twenty, and I don't get paid to bat two twenty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing about Ichiro's stats too. And I know they can't count them all in the, uh, you know, MLB Hall of Fame. But what if they just said, hey, all right, you had this many hits, this many home runs, this many RBIs. You cut that in half yeah. from Japan and still add those in there. It's fucking impressive. It is absolutely oh, insane. It sure is. And, I mean, if you combine them together, he is the all-time hit leader, correct? Yeah, I think he has more hits than uh, of, of Pete Rose. Yeah, he dude, he yeah. He went, what was it? It was 10 seasons with 200 or more hits, man. That's insane. Yeah, and he did this on two different continents. I mean, the guy's still out there working out and playing. We saw him at spring training. He still got the wristbands on. Opening day, he came out there and threw the pitch wearing the uh, oh, 2001 yeah. uniform, had the American the 9-11 flag on the back of the neck. I mean, he is just – you're right. He's an enigma. He's just – he is – He's kind of like one of those characters that's bigger than baseball. Oh, 100%. Uh, they, they said uh, – I was watching this uh, little documentary thing on him, and uh, they said that Tom Brady hit up Ichiro and asked him about what his uh, daily routine was like. To, like, how do you stay in such great shape for, for – and, and, man, you got a guy like Tom Brady asking you how do you keep in shape? Like, <laughs> how do you play so long, Tom Brady? Really? I'm like, man. Yeah. I, I saw something on how he did – uh, stay in shape or one of his big longevity is, is he took care of the bottom of his feet like he had really? yeah he had yeah he had this tool that he hit the bottom of his feet with and all this and that and you'd watch him when you'd go watch him play he was stretching and and moving oh, yeah. his body in between every play well, then, every play and then that was a lot of times the, every pitch I'm sorry all the team everybody that ever played with him was talking about it. he almost had that uh, Kobe Bryant mentality he took zero days off he hit every single day, even during the off season, which a lot of guys don't do that. Off season, they're like, "Hey, man, 
it's vacation time. I'm going. He always managed to find somewhere to go take some hacks. I mean, he's doing that now, and he's retired. Yeah. <laughs> and he's finding a place. He's, you know what? He's taking up some of Jared Kelnick's time in the cage before the games. Maybe Hannah. Maybe that's why what uh, J.K. is 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 why his numbers are so low. Ever think about that? Well, I'm just I, I do, but you know, Jared seems <laughs> like he's twinkling. Tw- tinkering with his uh, stance quite a bit. And if he tries to tinker to get on Ichiro's level, I think it's just going to ruin him. So stay away from him, Ichiro. (laughs) There's a lot of good things in life. Me? I like driving through the Redwoods. Making that first run on fresh new powder. Pizza with the works. The taste of Olympia beer. On the job, I like working with guys who know what they're doing. Catching a great old movie on The Late Show. I like filling an inside straight. Walking the beach with TJ. Talking. Kidding around. I like finding a great little bar overlooking the bay. And the taste of Olympia beer. The one great taste in premium beer. The one great taste in premium beer. That's what I like. So you were mentioning the last episode you really enjoyed the autograph stories. You could listen to autograph oh, stories man. forever. In episode six, don't be afraid people to go back and listen to it again and again and again. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody's got autograph stories, including you. I know you got some in there. Oh, yeah, man. I got, I got a couple good ones, man. So I was, uh, one of my first ones, my first, I mean, this is, it's embarrassing because as an adult, man. Uh, so uh, my buddy Justin Turner has a, uh, a foundation golf tournament every year. And, and that's uh, the Justin Turner. Oh, <laughs> that hashtag name drop. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I met his uh, um, his uh, golf tournament the first year he had it, and uh, we're walking around. I'm absolutely starstruck, man. There's like um, big league ball players walking everywhere, movie stars. Jaleel White's there. Urkel, uh, Urkel was Urkel. there. I'm talking Urkel. One, okay, and FYI, Urkel is as cool as a person as you would imagine he would be in real life. <laughs> really, that's- I I was blown away by how awesome that guy was in real life, and still to today, like. We still will we'll trade an IG message every once in a while, but, like, unbelievable how cool that guy was, man. Right. Absolutely shocked. But uh, so, anyways, um, I'm walking through the clubhouse, and uh, I see Oral Hershiser, man. And the I'm, bulldog. I'm like, oh, my God, man, this is, that's Oral Hershiser, man. And so I walk up to him, and he's got a beer in his hand, and uh, I'm sitting there. <laughs> so Even I go, cooler. I go up to him, and I say, hey, uh, hey, hey uh, uh, Mr. Hershiser, can I uh, get a picture with you, man? He's like, yeah, of course. And so I'm like, all right, cool, man. And so I, I, I put my arm around him, and he's, about, he's got me by like a foot. So I'm like holding his waist, and uh, we take the picture. And I, and I go, hey, man, uh, you think I can get an autograph? He's like, yeah, of course, man. And so I pull up my marker, and uh, I have nothing to write on. And I'm, I'm like frantically like checking my pockets. Yeah. I'm like, I'm about to grab Just my wallet. something. Yeah, I'm like something. And I go, man, I can't find nothing. And I give him my arm. <laughs> I'm like, 
can you sign my arm? And he's like, really? And I'm like, and I joke, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to turn it into a tattoo when I get home, man. Okay. I had to have something. I had to come up with a story. How many back. days did you shower with your arm out of the oh, shower? Oh, bro, it, it's still, I don't think it's still lightly there, it's man. Still, I can see it. I it's grayish. I can see the great. H. I definitely can't. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good story. Oh, man, it was unreal, man. How many guys I saw there? Uh, same thing with uh, Nomar, Nomar Garcia Parra. Um, I had him sign a golf ball, and you can't even tell it's Nomar's signature. That was another false move. <laughs> Super bad move. Yeah, yeah, like, listen, my cousin, the ninja, would be just upset with, uh, you know, he's the guy who has all the pens, all the cards. Yeah. <laughs> right, Hanson, you got to have all them things ready, right? Oh, yeah, you got to be prepared going into it. A meet and greet like that for sure. <laughs> and then uh, I remember uh, they gave you like a swag bag with all kinds of cool stuff in it. And uh, a friend of mine, Arisha, she's a huge Turner fan. So I, I, I ran into him and I said, hey, hey, JT, can you sign these things for me, man? And so I pull out the bag and he's like autographed and everything. And he's like, I better not find this on YouTube later. I mean, on a, a was it eBay later? Yeah. And I said, hey, man, you mind your business, bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I got some stuff autographed for my friends and. It was cool, man. It, it, it stuff came out real cool, man. And you played baseball in high school down here, you know, like we said, in the, in, you know, the hotbed of a lot of, you know, names that we might know. Any, any particular people that you played against or with down here that maybe some of the baseball nerds listening to might know? Yeah, so some of the names I played with, the guys that ended up making the league, um, some of the guys you may know of, uh, Cole Gardner, he ended up playing with the uh, Colorado Rockies for a while, uh, ended up uh, going to the Yankees for uh, Jeter's uh, farewell tour. Um, he actually got to meet Ichiro. That, Ichiro's the reason why he didn't get starting time uh, when he went to the Yankees. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, uh, a buddy, Anthony Norman, he ended up playing with the Angels for a bit, ended up going to Pittsburgh. Um, a couple guys that uh, a Mariner fan will know is uh, Mike Carp. I played ball with him when we were uh, 13 to 16. That's right. That's right. That's Carp right. That was like maybe one of the first conversations we had. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, he, ended up, uh, he ended up big leaguing me down there at Legends, man. And that's it, why I know the story. I, that's why you know the story, man. <laughs> I, I was with uh, uh, Johnson, man. Me and Johnson were down at Legends, and uh, he, he big-leagued me down there, and I was in my cast and boot, and he started running his mouth, and I said, hey, listen, man, I'll knock you out real quick and uh, get myself on TMZ real quick, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I played ball with uh, JT. Uh, we played at Hartwell, uh, the ongoing joke, man. It was uh, so. Uh, Artwell jo- Park is in Lakewood, California. It is, and it's like uh, one of the premier like park leagues. It's like it's farmed. I, I think the current list is like over a hundred people, hundred players have, have gone on to play major league baseball. Um, wow. Turn Cart played there. Turner was one of them. And uh, what, what the funny part was is that Turner, I was a year older than him, and you know you always had that kid that you looked up to when you were a kid, like oh man, I want to be like him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Me and Turner were always cool like that. And I was a year older than him. Yep. And uh, he never made an all-star game. And, uh, like, when you were a kid, like, having a Hartwell all-star jacket was, like, the epitome of being cool. Oh, what a feeling. Lean and clean. Symbol of the Toyota Celica. Celica. Lean and clean and a little bit mean. Aerodynamically styled to let the wind glide over its surface. Carefully engineered for the 80s to give amazingly precise performance. The Toyota Celica. Because a lean, clean machine is a very good feeling. See your local Puget Sound Toyota dealer. All right, you know what? (laughs) Perfect timing. We're here live at the Smoke and Fire Social Eatery on the patio, if you have not noticed. 
um, you know, with our esteemed guest, Tommy Stockberger. A uh, little backstory. We've known each other for, what, about 12 years now? At least. Yeah, and, and it's very strange and very awesome to have you and Hanno in here. Hanno is somebody I grew up playing baseball with, talked a lot of baseball with. You know, we went to high school together. We played on the, the summer league teams and this and that. And I'm sitting here, sitting across the guy that I played in the has-been leagues at. The greatest team known to man. The Thunder Chickens of Long Beach. Yes, yes, yes. And, and then later known as the Classy Bastards. Uh, also known as the greatest show on turf. Yes, yes. Uh, so Tommy and I played on a, uh, yeah, like a senior... Uh, I don't want to make it sound too it old. It wasn't that bad. We were still all in our, our late 20s, 20s and, yeah. and early 30s. Men's league, fellas. Men's league, Yeah, right? men's league. We there were men, real men. We, we played games with hangovers and had to go to our jobs later. Yes, we were we were there for the love of the game. Let's say that. Oh, yeah. Man. I remember when a Christian showed up and uh, throwing about 95, but it was only going about 40 feet. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> We, we, we had this team that we, we made the championships, but when we made the playoffs, I got a notification from the league because we just decided our uniforms were going to be no uniforms, and they, and they, they, couldn't, they couldn't deal with that. Remember that? And I, I had to go down to the swap meet and get some of those baseball sanitaries and sat there and ironed the things on and this and that. But that was a fun time, right? It now, was. Yeah. It was good baseball. I think the, the, the classic uni, though, is when we switched over to the next year, uh, becoming the classy bastards with the uh, tuxedo tees, man. Yeah, the tuxedo tees with the names on the back. I go out, I buy all this new stuff, new gloves and bats, and I even make the lineup up because I'm the manager, and I put myself at the leadoff spot. I get up there, I'm quickly 0-2, foul a couple off. Let a couple balls go down the pipe that the umpire gave me mercy on. And then finally, I just connect on this one, and it's going, it's going, it's gone. I'm back. Everything is good. Cut to my next at bat. I take that same swing. I kind of feel something weird. Take another swing. And all of a sudden, I start to get this cramp up my thighs, up my other thigh, up my sides, up my back. I fall to the ground, and I start cramping up like a crab to the point that they don't know what's going on. It was standard. I had to be carried off the field by the umpires and everybody, and I was deemed unfit to play for the rest of the game. So as soon as I got things on track, I was back off track. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's crazy. I I kind of start laughing because you're talking about getting the uniforms and everything i'd be like man mom can you help me out you know i'm really proud of you mine for getting them uniforms going yeah the numbers weren't uh, you know i wouldn't say they were where they should be but they they were still visible in some in some way dude the best part about with those uniforms is that uh, they were like total ragtag and we took our team picture in front of like this like white brick wall so it looked like a prison picture yeah I, God, somebody's <laughs> got to do you have that still uh, uh uh, Hawaiian Bob was the only one that had a copy oh, of man, it. Oh, man, we got to get a hold of Hawaiian Bob. <laughs> Hawaiian Bob didn't play on our team, but he was one of the uh, sponsors. What position did you play, Tommy? I played first base. Yeah. Oh, and for the record, I'm the only pitcher for our team with a perfect record of 1-0. and And guess who his battery mate was? <laughs> Me. You, you caught? Yeah, I remember sitting there at 30 years old or 31 years old this one season going like, I avoided catching my whole entire life, and now I'm going to do it to where I can cripple myself every week. It was not the smart decision, but yes, I, I ended up being a catcher, and I 
and I caught like one of the biggest masterpieces thrown by this lefty right here. And now I understand what catchers feel like when they call a perfect game. It was something else, man. We had a lot of good times. Uh, I think my favorite, though, still by far, what we were talking about earlier, uh, was in the championship game. We're talking a 0-0 game going into the ninth inning. Nine long innings. and uh, <laughs> People playing defense. Like, a 0-0 in a men's league like that is very rare. Unreal. And uh, guy on second, ball hit out in left field, and our boy Poncho, uh, I mean, God bless him. I mean, he's our boy, but uh, <laughs> fields the ground ball from the left field and uh, proceeds to try to throw it home and ends up throwing it over to the left field fence. Yeah, I don't even know how the physics of that ball went that way when he let go. Um, another another fun one, one other quick one was we played with this player who was really good, Matt Beard. Oh, Beard. But he had something that he'd never done before, hit a grand slam at any level of baseball, college, anything. Any. Bases, bases were loaded. You were standing on third base, and what happened? Oh, man. So uh, we, we had already talked about it, man. He's up to bat. And uh, they try to, for some odd reason, man, I mean, I'm a bit, for you guys that don't know me, I'm a big man. Uh, they try to pick me off at third. I dive back. The ball gets away from third base. I thought the ball went away a lot further than it did. Apparently, it just rolled about five feet. <laughs> I take off home. Guy has me hosed by about, like, 15 feet. <laughs> I get up there. Beard starts cussing and screaming. Oh, Jack, what are you doing, man? Da, 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 screaming as loud as he can. I'm like, we're all laughing. Everyone yeah. else on the team is laughing. It's a Sunday league. It's a Sunday league, man. And uh, Beard steps back into the dish, and that very next pitch, this dude hits one about, it's probably still in the air somewhere. <laughs> it ended up landing in the, the family out in left field, man. They have houses. It's about a 100-foot a, a fence. It's sitting at about 330, and he proceeded to hit it into the house that was about three rows back into the bounce house. Having a little uh, fiesta over there. Still didn't get that grand slam, though, because that was only a three-run shot. Still doesn't have that grand slam, man. But like you're saying, he probably wouldn't have hit that ball that hard unless he was that mad at you. Exactly. I'm still taking the credit for that home run. Yeah. So that's about as as glory of our story from the Thunder Chickens go. So, again, we're down here at the Smoke and Fire Social Eatery in Paramount, California, out on the patio. Man, this place has got TVs galore, stuff on the wall. This is an awesome place. We got to have a Mariners, uh, some sort of Mariners party down here. I'm definitely down, man. Anytime. We'll yeah. come up with a little cool special menu for it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, you need to get the Ichiro dog. Have you had an Ichiro dog? <laughs> Wait until you get to Ichiro see I don't have an Ichiro dog on Occidental, right, Hanson? Oh, yeah, exactly. Those are so good. Yeah. The Ichiro dog is the same as the Seattle dog, right? You know, no, green no. cheese on it or no? Okay, maybe the Seattle dog cream is the right of passage. You know what? They're both, yeah, it's a cream cheese hot dog. That's a Seattle dog. I made a mistake here, but I'm no, sure. No, I wasn't sure. It's cool. Well, you got to come up and try the Seattle dogs outside the stadium. Have you been to T-Mobile? No, or? That's what I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be my first game in Seattle. Oh, you are. And it's the Hall of Fame game for Ichiro, man. You're going to cry. Oh, I, I just might, man. I got a buddy that lives out there, man. He like sending me pictures of like when uh, uh, T-Mobile has like movie night. And he's like, after the game, everyone goes and sits on the lawn and then sits on the field and they watch a movie. I'm like, what? Like, dude, it's insane, man. It is. It is it's a beautiful park. Hanson, we're going to be down there, right? We already said this earlier in the episode, but uh, let's just really commit to it. When Tommy's up there, we got to go. We got to go to the game together. We got to show him how it's done down on Occidental. We got to start this thing early. We got to go to BP, right? Oh, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hearing all Tommy's cool stories, it's like, 
it's just like how I grew up and it's it was really cool to hear all your stories bro yeah and it's really cool to you know connect with these you know SoCal or people that didn't grow up in Seattle we had no choice but to be Mariners fans you know like we had no choice this was in our blood it's always cool to you know talk to people like how did this happen and yours isn't like you didn't have an uncle or dad or you know a parent that was like hey you got to like this team you chose to like the Mariners which is pretty awesome considering you live down here you know in the shadow of the Dodgers and and of course like the Angels fan base is pretty 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 predominant right And, and that's when the Angels were like top dog back then man yeah that was when they were making their runs man Mariner catcher Mark Hill doesn't know we have hidden cameras. You guys ain't got no hidden cameras around here, do you? Oh, no, no. We just wanted to ask you about these two baseballs. Which one do you think is the whiter of the two, Mark? Well, I would say this one. It's all brand new and white. You picked this one here. Do you know which ball you just picked, Mark? You picked the Mariner's ball. No, you're kidding me. That's right. You gotta be kidding. No. Ball night is Saturday, August 16th at the Kingdom. Every kid 14 and under gets a new baseball free. I like this baseball. I would come to ball night. Thanks for always listening to the podcast, oh, obviously. Man, I'm telling you, I'm completely fangirling. Hearing <laughs> Hanno talk to me and I, I say something, he responds. I'm totally fangirling right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too kind. Yeah, I but when he, when he hit me up and said he liked it, I was like, man, you got to be on it. You got to make it better. I think this was great. We definitely am going to come back and eat some more shit here, drink some more beers uh, down here at the Smoke and Fire Social Eatery. Also, I know we're just, you know, scratching the surface on some Mariner stuff with you. We're definitely going to have you come back again, Smoke and Fire Social Eatery, if you're down here in Southern California, or if you're traveling down here for a Mariners game, you know, what's the closest one to Angel Stadium? Closest one to Angel Stadium is going to be our craft restaurant. Uh, It's going to be down there by the Packing District. Uh, It's off Center Drive. I think it's 95 Center Drive, Uh, literally right there off of uh, Lincoln and San Clemente. Well, busy man, the busy man. Oh there. yeah, man, nonstop. Yeah, you drop the rye bread and mustard podcast down there, you get a discount of zero percent. So just make sure to drop the. I tell you what, man, you you, you drop the rye bread and podcast uh, hashtag over here at Smoking Fire and Paramount, man. I'll take care of something cool for you. All right, so just add those to your travel plans. Add those to your Disneyland plans. That's easy to get to over there. Uh, thanks again, Tommy Stockburger. Also, one quick thing before we get out of here. I noticed on your menu over here, there is something called Stocktober. Oh, geez. What is Stocktober? So, uh, my buddy Isaiah, man, he's the, the, the mad scientist behind it all. When uh, We've all celebrated Oktoberfest. And uh, so, when, when, when he hit me up with the idea, he's like, he's like, hey, man, I need, I need you to be one of the faces of the restaurant, man. He goes, you got the personality for it. You do. He's like, if uh, I'm Walt Disney, you got to be Mickey Mouse, man. And he's all, I'm like, all right, cool, man, whatever you need me to do. That was the worst thing I could have ever told him, man. Uh, Oktoberfest comes around. He goes, hey, man, uh, what do you think about this? I'm going to buy you some leader hose, and, and you're going to wear those for the entire month of oh, October. Boy. And I'm like, and me, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, man, whatever, man, let's do it, man. So uh, I ended up rocking leader hose in, uh, for the entire month of October, our first year in La Habra. And uh, he's all like, yeah, man, we can't call it Oktoberfest. We're going to call it Stocktoberfest. I and, love it. Uh, I was like, all right, man, let's rock it, man. And we got shirts made and everything, and then it ended up just sticking. And, yeah. Uh, he ended up sticking it up for our happy hour, and it's, so it's a Stocktoberfest uh, year-round. Seven days a week. Fire, seven days a 365. week. 365. Happy hour every single day, man. So, Tommy, was it you that started the, the, your business, or was it your family's, or how did that, end, how did that work out? 
Uh, so yeah, I was I'm not the one that uh, originally came up with it. It's uh, my buddy Isaiah's man, his brother Juan, and my boy Josh. Uh, so I was uh, bartending at a place called Base Fifty One, and uh, I'd always like kept in touch with Isaiah's. Uh, you know, friendly. Hey, what's going on, man? His wife ended up getting a job over at uh, Base Fifty One. She comes over, and uh, a guy there by the name of Joel is like, "Hey, this is Isaiah's wife." And I go, "Oh man, it's awesome to meet you." I said. Uh, I played ball with Isaiah back in college, yada, yada, yada. And uh, so we kind of just always had a good time. And uh, Isaiah hit me up one day and said, hey, man, I need somebody to come help me uh, run these Japanese restaurants in uh, L.A. And I said, of course, man. So uh, he's like, yeah, man, here, we're going to get you more money. We're going to get you happier. It's going to be a drive, but you'll be happy. Cool. We go to L.A. We're in L.A. for three months. Isaiah had, uh, had a reputation of uh, he goes to a restaurant, fixes it, and then bounces to the next one. And so I told him, I said, hey, man, you're going to be sticking around this place. He goes, I'm going to retire at Japan, at the uh, Junior Ramen. It's cool. Three months into it, hey, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I said, man, what's going on, man? He's like, this is it, dude. We're doing it. I'm going to open up. We're going to open up. Smoke. We're going to open up. At this time, we didn't know what it was going to call. He said, we're going to open up a restaurant, man. I just want to know you on board. And I said, man, whatever you need, dude. I said, just let me know. And he says, all right, man. He's going to stay working here for now. When uh, we get everything up and running, I'm going to give you a call. Uh, about a month after that. He gives me a buzz and says, hey, man, uh, if you're free to come down, uh, we're going to start doing, like, tastings and things. I'm like, cool, man. Uh, I remember the first time I got to meet all the guys, we had a beer tasting, and that's when I met Juan and Isaiah and Josh, and, and we do the beer tasting. I get to know the guys a little bit, and uh, they're like, all right, man, it's going to happen. And uh, so we're like, cool. We were, we were getting ready to launch open in, like, February, and uh, the pandemic hit, man. And uh, the pandemic, we were like, eh, let's, let's kind of wait. We don't want the first experience to be – uh, to go. So we, we hold back. Uh, a couple months later, they say, okay, you can have outside seating. So we decide to open. We open up our restaurant, uh, outside seating. We're the only restaurant in our little parking lot that has a patio, right? All of a sudden, boom, we explode, man. We had three, 400 people waiting in line to come under our grand opening. It was insane. This is when it was at the stay-at-home order. And uh, we asked people, like, hey, how'd you hear about us? And uh, we still laugh about it today. They're like, yeah, man, when we Google uh, outside seating, you're the only place that pops up. And we're like, really? Like, where, where are you coming from? They're like, we're coming from, like, Cerritos. And I'm like, what? So uh, we always joked around. Have you ever seen that movie, uh, uh, Forrest Gump? Uh, oh, do, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that scene when uh, they're doing the shrimping and they're not catching nothing? And then all of a sudden that hurricane yeah. hits, and then they come rolling in with tons and tons of shrimp? We're like, yeah, man, uh, shrimping got real easy uh, after that, man. With us, it was kind of like the same thing, man. Like, selling food got real easy when you're the only one that has outside patio, man. And uh, we've always been real big advocates of, like, all we have to do is get our food in, into someone's mouth, and, and they're going to be hooked. Like, that's, that's, always been our, that's always been our mantra, man. Like, like dude, you just got to try it, man. That's it. Like, when we opened up our first location, we, we probably uh, took about $5,000 worth of food and just dropped it off at, like, Local hospitals, fire departments, uh, schools, uh, business, local businesses. And cause we've always said, you just got to try it, man. You try it, you'll be back, man. That's so cool, man. I'm, I'm so happy for your success. I, I enjoy hearing about this and the different people's, uh, how, how they make it, man. That, that's cool. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, it's it just it's so wild, man. And, and I'm super grateful to, uh, like I said, my buddy Isaiah, Juan, and Josh, to allow me to uh, join in on this journey, man. It's a, uh, it's been a wild ride, man. And, and every single time when we're thinking like, eh, hey, maybe we should slow down. Nope. Here it comes, man. Got another one coming. So, uh, we're going to be in Riverside this Friday. 
and then uh, Pasadena. And actually, when we open up Pasadena, we're actually uh, including, we're branching off a little bit and expanding our wings and uh, trying to take over the Italian world, too. Good for you, man. That, that's well, so we'll see cool. what the mobs got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for bringing us down to the Smoke and Fire Social Eatery. This is Tommy Stockberger. And, of course, Hanno and Edmonds. I'm Iron Sumner. And this is the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast, Episode 7. Hanno, you know what time it is. Get us out of here. Wait, you didn't do this. In, we didn't do this in Episode 6. So I want to hear you do it twice. You ready? Charge. And it- Charge. I can't explain to you how cool it is to hear live. <laughs>